Thank you for joining us for a podcast in our COVID-19 Healthcare Supply Chain Solution Series. Today we are joined by two individuals devoted to the rural response to COVID-19 at their facility, Willamette Valley Medical Center. Brian Bartell, Director of Supply Chain and Support Services, and Crystal Lacey, the RN that directs emergency preparedness of trauma for the hospital. Thank you both for joining us today to discuss your work. To start, can you give a brief introduction to your facility? Uh, well, Lamont Valley Medical Center is a small hospital. We are located in a county with about 100,000 people in the population. We, there are actually two hospitals that serve this county, but both are small in size. To give you a picture, our ER has about 20 beds available and our inpatient services has about 60 beds available. And so we serve multiple small towns and rural areas, farmland and production workers. I would say that we're a good place for people to think about is we're right in between Salem and Portland, Oregon. So we do have larger cities close to us, but our town is about 30,000 people. So uh, definitely smaller, but close enough to the big cities that we have those amenities if needed. Crystal and Brian, we'd like to start off with the PPE alternatives that you're allowing. Are you allowing your providers to bring those PPE materials from home? And if so, what is your process? So currently, we are not encouraging our providers to bring anything in from the outside. Um, Brian and I were able to secure quite a bit of PPE for the providers, and we have issued that out to providers and nurses, as well as uh, non-clinical care staff and clinical care staff. So everybody has access to PPE during this time that's appropriate for their job level. And I would add one thing on that. What we did was an early adoption of the incident command system, and so we pulled all PPE from all the different departments, consolidated that down in materials, and then worked with the nursing leadership to provide like a very clear pathway for requesting that. So I think that that was a really good thing too, is that we centralized all of the PPE, got a good grasp on what we had, and through that consolidated model, we're able to kind of centralize everything that we have. Great. Great, thank you. So my next question continues with the PPE. Are you accepting donations of PPE equipment? Absolutely. We have wonderful community support here and the outpouring from the community has been tremendous. We have accepted all sorts of types of donations. Some of the things that we have received are 3D printed face shields and the homemade cloth masks. We have received medical grade stuff from other clinics and dentists in the area. We have received actually quite a bit of stuff. So we have cataloged that in a separate area from our normal stores of the supplies that we order and receive through our supply chain. And that way we can effectively process and distribute those as needed. Yeah, I think that just the outpouring of community support, uh, being in a rural area, I'm sure it's the same thing in an urban area, but it's just, it's been humbling to say the least. 
I mean, we have people that are coming in and just dropping off one box of masks, and then we have companies that are delivering, you know, like a pallet of gloves. And so that outpouring support really does just show how much um, importance a hospital brings to a local community, and it's, it's just been amazing to see all of that. Mm -hmm. What is your process for vetting these products for efficacy? So we basically look at the manufacturer's standards. If they're medical grade, they're used as such, and if they are, say, like a homemade mask, then that's not something that we're going to use for the frontline staff. Right now, we have been issuing those homemade masks to the patients for them to take home and keep with the label describing how they launder it and best care, and then also that states that it isn't medical grade PPE, but it is something to help the spread of their germs, prevent the spread of their germs. Another really good thing that the clinical leadership has put together is a, a process flow for who should be wearing what type of PPE. And so, you know, whether it's a level three mask or an N95, if you're providing either direct patient care to COVID patients or for a rule out in addition to a face shield, and then it kind of works its way down from there. So right now we are in universal masking. So anybody that comes into the hospital uses a, a mask. Okay, thank you so much. Now let's move on to inventory and purchasing management. What is your process for managing costs and inventory during this pandemic? And are you coming into any issues with overordering? Yeah, so from the supply chain standpoint, obviously this is an unprecedented event. And so looking back, Again, I, I go back to the early opening of the incident command just to make sure that that appropriate chain of command was present and we were able to streamline our processes. So one of the things that came out of that is setting up a separate department, cost center and GLs that are associated with the COVID-19. And so whether that's us purchasing supplies or expensing labor to like front desk greeters that are taking people's temperatures and handing out the masks, we've definitely went that path just to help keep track of that. On a daily basis, we're doing the inventory checks for everything that we have PPE related. That gets routed up to incident command and to clinical leadership. And then we are also doing a weekly burn rate, which is calculating usage, whether that's coming out of our owned inventory or coming out of the donated stock supplies. And that's also on a weekly basis. In terms of over-ordering, that's a really hard question because we've got to remember too that the surge could happen at any minute. The data that keeps coming out is changing those. And again, it's, it's hard to say by state, let alone by region. And then you get down to your own individual county and city. So I'm not too concerned about over-ordering. I think most supply chain and clinical people will attest to the fact that getting supplies is, is the paramount issue right now. And again, forward-facing, once this returns to some form of normalcy, and outpatient procedures and surgical elective procedures start happening again, we're going to see another demand for that start coming too. So in terms of allocations, we're definitely purchasing our weekly allocations, making sure that we have stock on hand. And again, I, I haven't seen an issue arise where I could buy so much stuff that it would cause a problem. Space is always a, a constraint, but again, we're, I don't think that there's any issues of overordering. Great. We have heard about the large amount of email supply chain professionals are receiving every day. How are you handling that? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So Willamette Valley Medical Center um, is a LifePoint Health facility, and I do, I'm constantly getting phone calls and emails from everybody in the area, people from other cities, people from companies I've never heard of offering to sell PPE, masks, gowns, whatever it is, face shields that they can get their hands on. At first it was manageable, but there's so many coming through now from companies that I'm not aware of. We've been routing a lot of that up through our corporate team at the LifePoint headquarters in Nashville. They've done a really good job to help consolidate some of that, vet it for efficacy. But again, we're relying a lot on our standard suppliers as well. So when you're looking at GPO compliance contracts, those always take precedent over somebody that's calling from another location or business. What are you most concerned about when returning to some kind of new normal? And what do you think staff should be preparing for next? a hard one to answer. This situation has changed so rapidly and has been rapidly evolving this whole time. So we will set a plan in motion to go one direction and then a few days later the situation has changed and we're moving in the opposite direction. We just kind of take each change as they come and respond accordingly and try to do the best we can to keep all the staff safe and the patients safe and everybody happy and moving forward. And I think from a supply chain standpoint, I think that there needs to be focus on building resiliency and transparency into supply chain operations, starting from raw materials, manufacturing, logistics, distribution, and then even endpoint use. I think that this has just highlighted how much information we don't have access to, and it's caused ripple effects, and in this case, outages and back orders globally. Typically, under normal situations, the global supply chain is very efficient, but this has just highlighted the weaknesses that are there when we're relying on a just-in-time or an agile supply chain. I think that there's going to be a lot more conversations regarding building resiliency and transparency into the supply chain. Thank you again for sharing with us today. To wrap things up, do you have any advice for other rural providers? I think really just trying to look at your emergency operations plan because we don't know what the next disaster or crisis will be, making sure that if you have the ability to have some stock left back for emergencies or crisis or disaster and trying to, when these situations come up, make sure you take them seriously and you can always do more and set more plans than you actually need, but in a crisis, if you don't have enough plans, that could be detrimental. Yeah, and to Crystal's point, she's done an awesome job running different emergency preparedness scenarios. I think one of the really important things to have is an interdisciplinary team that looks at inventory and just your overall emergency procedures. Luckily, we do keep disaster stock I think that this definitely has opened our eyes as far as what we should have, what we wish we would have had more of, and then also just looking at that on an annual basis. Again, it's really important to have uh, varied people looking at that too. So whether it's your nursing staff, your clinical staff on the physician side, your RT, your supply chain, and then again, just matching that too with the financial aspect of what those inventory holding costs are. But it is, this is definitely an unprecedented event that. I think all of us are going to look at things differently moving forward, probably for the rest of our professional careers.